Amen. Now that was church, folks. Love that. God basks when his people praise him unconditionally. Just let it all lay it out. That's what we're going to do when we get to heaven. Might as well get a good practice while we're here. Amen. Oh, man. Well, it has been a journey for me to get here. It was very close to letting circumstances take me over and uh, just calling it in and staying at home. But God blesses the individual that perseveres. Amen. And um, I believe God has something special for you this morning. Just like I said, I believe God's already started to move. God's already started to touch some of you this morning, amen, with our worship. And as we continue on, I want you to read with me as we go to John chapter 5. And the title of my message this morning, are we waiting for moments or are we making moments? Just like I challenged you guys this morning. There's a difference between waiting for something to happen and making something happen in your life. Amen. So if we turn to John chapter 5. Well, I should probably turn there first. Amen. John chapter 5, verse 1. says, After this, there was a feast of Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, uh, um, uh, sorry, I'm out of breath already from from worship, Um, having five porches, um, and this they lay great multitudes of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the waters. If you guys do mark in your Bibles, you can underline that. Waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the waters. Uh, Stirring of the waters. And then um, whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the waters was made well of whatever disease they had. Now a certain man was there who who had been lying there. I'm sorry. Let me jump back here. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew he had already had been in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while, uh, but while I, I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. He took his bed and walked. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we come before you this morning, I just ask that you just remove any distraction this morning, Father God. Lord, as your word goes forth, God, that you have a special word for us this morning, Father God, Lord. And I ask as we read your word that you just stir it up into our hearts this morning, Father God, Lord, that we can be more than just waiting for moments, but God, Lord, we can be the people that actually make the moments, Father God. And I just ask that you just touch this this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. So as we go through, we see there's a huge gathering of people waiting for this moment in time, waiting for this angel. This angel comes down and he touches the water. So there's this supernatural moment that's occurring here. And it's a Race to who gets in the water first after this angel touches it. 
and then they get healed. So all these people are just, they're just sitting here and they're clamoring and they're just, they're gearing up. They're waiting for this moment to happen. Amen. It's kind of like, who, where's my Costco people? Costco people. Have you been to Costco, Costco people? One of the greatest things about Costco is the chicken. I think those ovens that they make are, there's pieces of the Ark of the Covenant in those ovens. But the anointing just hits these chickens that they're just like the best chickens ever. And so when you go to Costco and there's chickens there, it's not a problem. The problem occurs when there's no chickens there. And you ask the chicken guy, when's the chicken? About 10 minutes. Then the show starts because you start to post up. Because you're waiting for that moment, amen. Well, I want a chicken. So I'm here. I'm waiting. I've got my spot. I've secured it. I'm, I'm, I'm boxing old ladies out. But a lady's got, I'm like, nope, I was here first. I'm getting the chicken first. I want the chicken. So five minutes goes. There's one or two people. And, and, and as that clock goes down, closer to closer, when the guy starts pulling the chickens out of the racks, then the whole store decides to congregate around the chickens. And then we've just got a melee of people waiting to grab these chickens that are coming out. And it, it's crazy. Amen. They're waiting for that moment for when the chickens come out. And that's what's kind of going on here. There's these people. They're congregating. And they're waiting to receive this thing. And it is when it's pool time, when that angel comes down, I mean, I can just imagine the scene that's going on. Pushing and shoving and, and just like this man says, every time I try to get out there, someone always cuts me off. How many of us feel cut off this morning sometimes? Hey, Amen. You try to reach that point in your life and it just seems like somebody just cuts you off or the enemy comes in and just cuts you off and robs you of your blessing. Amen. See, people are waiting for a moment. And the definition of a moment is just a short period of time, an instant, an instantaneous moment. See, but what God wants to know, for us to know this morning, is every day we walk with God is an opportunity for Him to do something in our lives. Amen. See, when we walk with God, we don't have to strive for moments of blessings. For when we have the right perspective, and we realize that we're children of the King, amen. Just like that word that Brother White gave this morning, God is willing to give you everything that he has. But as us, are we willing to just wait for a stirring somewhere else to receive our blessings? Are we willing to make the moment happen in our own lives? Do we wait just to get, get a blessing on a Sunday morning or on a Thursday night? That's when I receive my blessings is on Thursday night. Because that's where the moment happens. That's where the moment happens on Sunday morning. Every day can be your moment, God is calling to you this morning. From the moment you wake up is your moment. Brother White is 61 today. For 61 years, God is saying, for 61 years, Brother White, he's saying, for 61 years has been a moment for you with me. Every day. So we see this gentleman for 38 years. He's been sitting at Bethesda, this pool. 
And if you break down the word Bethesda, it means house of mercy. Which is great on one hand, but when you read the story, it's sad. Because this man has been sitting on the shores of mercy for 38 years, but has never, ever received his blessing. Now that's deep. Because so many of you guys sit on the shores of mercy, but never receive your blessing. See, we are all in the place of mercy and freedom, but a lot of us are bound to our circumstances, just like this man. That you, you try, you strive, you strive for when that moment comes to, to reach that blessing, but your circumstances cut you off. Your circumstances limit you, so then you can never receive that blessing. But just like verse 3, a lot of us, we continue to wait for the moving of the waters. See, so many of us are willing, so many of us are waiting for the movement, but in all, in reality, the movement is in us. See, we are waiting for something to happen, but it's, but it's in you. See, so many of us cry out, God, I wish for revival. I wish for this. I wish for that. Then start it. Because revival starts within ourselves, amen. Revival isn't just a moment, uh, uh, a cloud of glory that just magically appears above the Oh, it's revival time. Let's go. No, revival started with a group of people who were hungry that weren't going to settle just for that one day. You know what? Let's do this tomorrow. And let's do it the next day. Because I am not satisfied yet. It was a group of people who weren't satisfied with what they got. And they kept persevering. And they kept pushing through. And they weren't waiting for a moment. They decided to make a moment in their lives. See, when we pay for something, we want it right then and there. Brother Ben, if he goes to lunch, I think Brother Ben, he's kind of a, what, a strawberry salad kind of guy maybe. Gets no, no. Brother Ben's a guy who wants a probably a nice steak, some potatoes, maybe a small salad. Amen. So after brother brother Ben leaves church, he's hungry, right? And he goes to uh, goes to the wherever he's going to go to have lunch. Orders orders his meal. The waiter comes. All right, your meal's in the, on the way. Come back on Wednesday and pick it up. What do you mean come back on Wednesday and pick it up? See, when we invest in something, when we pay for something, we don't want it next Wednesday. You want it right then. You want it nice and hot. Amen? But see, for us as Christians, and just like these people, it's so easy for us, for us to wait for something that we never invest in. I'll say that again, because that's a good word. It's so easy, easy for us to wait for something you were never, ever invested in. Now, if that restaurant called Brother Ben and says, hey, maybe swing by sometime on a Wednesday and pick that dinner up. Well, of course he's going to do that because he had no one. I'll, I'll, I'll wait five days for that steak because I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. 
See, so much of our petitions and our requests go before God is hampered because we have no idea what we want and we're not fully invested what we want in God. See, we have the idea we want to be in the movement. I want to be there. And I, I, but I, I, I want God. I, I want to get closer. But I, I, I don't really want to invest. I don't want to invest the time and the energy that it's going to take for me to truly get to that moment. I just want to be in the moment. Because you got to see back then, in those times, in Jesus' times, an Eastern beggar often lost a good living by being healed of his disease. It was easy money. Of course he couldn't walk, or maybe he was lame or was blind, but at the end of the day, all of his needs were met. And so many of us, we sacrifice living on the shores of mercy, bound up, living in our infirmities because our needs are met. Because we don't want to take the, 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 the investment to, to what it's going to take for us to be free. Because sometimes we can be more comfortable in our present mis- misery than taking the steps to be free. See, what we invest in as Christians will shape your perspective. What you invest in will shape your perspective. So just as these people, they come day after day after day wishing for something to happen, then their perspective is maybe one day something will happen. Maybe one day will be my day. Maybe one day I'll make it in. And so many of us, we come into the house of God and God wants to pour out and bless you and fulfill you, but we come in with the mentality, maybe today's my day. Maybe I'll get prayer today. Because we're not fully invested, and when we're not fully invested, our perspective of why we're here gets tweaked and altered. See, your perspective will show you, are you living for moments, or are you making moments? And Jesus understands, because we go back and we look at verse 5 here. And it says, now a certain man had been laying there who had, uh, who had, I'm sorry, a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, I love this next phrase. When he saw him lying there, and he knew, he knew, he knew what he was going through. Let me tell you, God knows what you're going through this morning. You may think you've hid it well. You may have hidden it from others. You may have hid it from your spouse. You may have hid it from your work. But God knows what you're going through this morning. God understands what you're going through. And that's what's so great about God. Because we have a God that understands what we go through. Because Jesus said that he bore the sins of the world, that he bore all of those disappointments, that he bore all of that hurt, he bore all of that shame, so that what? He can relate to what we are going through. That's how much God loves you this morning, that he went through all that so he can relate 
that he can know you on an intimate level. See, Jesus knows what you've been through, why you went through it, and how you're going to get through it. So the next thing he says, he says, Jesus saw him in his condition. Uh, He had been that long. And he says to him, do you want to be made well? So it says Jesus already knew what his condition is. He knew his story. He knew what this man was going through. But then instead of just coming up to him, waving his hand over over him, and the man leaving, being healed, he asked him, do you want to be made well? In common sense, it's, it's, it's kind of a silly question. You know, that's like if you're at the store and you see somebody, oh, what are you doing here? Ah, meeting people. What do you think I'm doing here? I'm buying groceries. I'm going to the store. So Jesus telling this man, do you want to be, well, what do you think? I, yeah, of course, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm trying. Or was it a silly question? Maybe it was the most important question this man has been ever asked in his whole entire life. See, Jesus knows not every person is ready to be healed or ready to have that experience. And that some of us are so discouraged and so downtrodden that we have put away all hope. But there is something that happens as Christians when we speak out. When we literally, physically Speak it out. It says in Proverbs 18, 21, it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Some of us are eating unhealthy fruits because of what is coming out of our mouth. See, Jesus, at this moment, was trying to change this man's investments, which is going to what? Change his perspectives Jesus is trying to tell this man, are you invested in this moment that's going on here? Or are you truly invested in me? See, he's changing his perspective by changing what he's invested in. Amen? Is everyone with me? Am I going over everyone's heads? See, there's power when we start to speak things out. Let me go somewhere real quick. Can I go somewhere real quick with you guys real quick? Let's turn to Acts chapter 16. Let me get some water here. Because now it's going to get real. I mean, it was real before, but now we're going to go to a place. Let's go on a journey here. Acts chapter 16. And it says, a mob formed against Paul and Silas. Now see, Paul and Silas, they were, they were prophets, or not prophets, they were disciples in the New Testament. Um... And just a quick backstory of what's going on right here. Paul and Silas were walking around. There was this girl that could actually uh, predict the future because there was a demon inside of her and she was walking around with them. And then one day they kind of just had enough of this girl, cast the demon out of her. The owner of the woman was very upset because he'd lost profit now because he was using this woman to, to finance his little Old, you know, New Testament psychic hotline thing he got going on there. So he's very angry at Paul and Silas because he just kind of crushed his cash cow and they, he stirred up all of this, this mob. So now this mob is coming after Paul and Silas because he's saying, oh, these guys are Jews and they're 
messing everything up. So a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. When you're doing something right with God, sometimes you're going to be stripped and sometimes you're going to be beaten. Amen? It ain't always pleasantry when you're, when you're doing and, you're, and, you're, and you have the call of God in your life. Amen? But we're going to find out what's going to happen. Because that's just, just like this, that was just a moment. That was just a moment in time. Said so they were severely beaten and they were thrown in the prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in their stocks. The jailer did one thing wrong here. The jailer did one thing wrong with Paul and Silas. He did one thing right. He secured them down. He clamped them down. But it says the jailer ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put who? He put, he put them into the inner dungeon. He put them together. He put them together. See, when the enemy separates you and isolates you, then the enemy can be effective. I don't care how bound, how changed you are. When you make the right connections, when you have the right people around you, there ain't nothing that's going to hold you down. See, because to make the right investments, because our investments shape our perspectives, but to make the right investments, you have to have the right connections. He put them together. If you're going through something in your life, find someone who's been there. Get connected with somebody. There's a reason why we do the things that we do at this church. There's a reason why we have things like scarf exchanges and ornament exchanges. It's, it's great to have fellowship. That's one portion of it. But it's also to, to, for you guys to connect outside these walls to develop relationships. There's a reason why tonight I'm opening my house up for young adults. It's so that we can be connected, that we as a church can be connected. Because when we as a church are connected in fellowship, then I know that when I fall, that I'm not alone, that my brother is right there next to me. It doesn't matter how far I fall or how bad I'm bound, because my brother's right there next to me to help me through it, amen? It's all about making the right connections. Because if you're not connected properly, you're going to invest in the wrong things. It's once you get isolated. It's once you get alone. It's once, I don't need to go to service this morning. I can skip this one. I don't need to go to that event. Then the enemy's already starting to win. Because once you're isolated, you're in trouble. There's only a couple of men that I know, and his name is Jesus Christ, that can really take on the devil one-on-one. And the last time I checked, my faith ain't as strong as Jesus Christ. There's a reason why Jesus went out and he sent his disciples out by what? One-on-one? No, because that, that experiment would have failed real quick. He sent them out two by two for a reason. So they're chained up now. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were singing and praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. He was bound up. He was chained up. He was 
on the shores of mercy. He knew God was still moving in his life. But he was bound up. Couldn't move. I mean, when you're talking chained, they meant chained. He was like, locked down. And sometimes you got to use the things that are not bound to free up the things that are bound. Paul's sitting there, chained up. (laughs) Silas is looking at him. There is power in the name of Jesus. And Silas comes up in the high harmony, break every chain. Break every chain. There is power. And I'm going to sing because it's the only thing that's not bound in my life right now. Because I can't lift my hands and I can't read my word. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to get me free in this situation. I'm going to use the things that aren't bound to free the things that are bound. Amen. And what does it say? A mighty earthquake came and it shook. And it wasn't just a gentle shake. It wasn't a nudge. He wasn't trying to wake them up. He shook them up because it says it shook the foundations of the jail. Amen. And when you have the right connections and you make the right investments, You get the proper perspective, and that's when God can start to shake your foundations. Amen. For it says in Hebrews, all creation will be shaken. That only the unshakable things will be left remained. That only the unshakable things are going to be left remained this morning. Amen. See, when you start having the proper perspectives... Disappointments start becoming opportunities. Because Paul and Silas could have sold up shop right there and called it quits. Lord's abandoned us. This is not what I signed up for. But they were connected, they were invested, and they had the right perspective. Because through this instance, Everyone was set free, amen. Now, they didn't know this was all going to happen the day before when all this was happening. But see, when, when, when you have the right perspective and you're rooted and grounded the right way, your disappointments become opportunities. Because see, there was a jailer that was there, amen. And Paul and Silas were set free. Now, most of us, if we were criminals... On the run, and shackles just fell off of us magically. We're out the door. I'm out of see you later. That's my opportunity to split and leave. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But it says that Paul and Silas stayed. They stayed and they saw the jailer. And it says the jailer was getting ready to kill himself because he knew what was going to happen. But see, Paul took 
a disastrous situation and he made it into a glorious situation to the point where the jailer says, how can I get saved? And it wasn't just him that got saved. Paul and Silas went back to his house, saved his whole entire family, and that was one of the founding, that was one of the founding families in the New Testament church. Because someone was connected the right way, invested the right investments, and had the proper perspective to know there's more to this situation than just me being in this jail, amen? I'm going to have Jennifer come up. We're going to close here. We go back to John chapter 5, verse 7. Then the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. Quit waiting for somebody else to give you your blessing. Quit waiting for somebody else to do the work that you need to do. Now, I understand that this man was was paralyzed, but I'm taking this to a spiritual place here. Because so many times we want to just find somebody and just glob onto them and just just dump everything onto them and hoping that they're going to fix our problems. There's only one man that's going to fix your problems this morning. And there's only one way that you're going to do it this morning, amen? And that's Jesus Christ. And what does Jesus Christ tell this man? He doesn't explain, oh, well, you're doing it this way, or maybe you should do it that way. What does Jesus tell him? He says, rise up. Just rise up. Quit waiting for a moment and make a moment in your life right now. I want you to rise up. Take control of your situation and rise up. Take your mat and leave. And the man took his mat and he left. It was that simple. Now I'm challenging you guys today as as, as we start the music. So many of us are content with just sitting on the shores of mercy. And Jesus is calling out to you, quit waiting for this magical moment that's going to happen because it's not. It's up to you to make the decisions in your life. It's up to you this morning to rise up. Man, I could pray for you all night long, but it's going to take you to rise up. You have to do it on your own if you want it. Maybe some of you don't have the right connections in your life right now. And it's altering what you're investing in. Or maybe some of us aren't investing in what God really wants us to invest in. So it's altering our perspective. You have made came into this place this morning not able to lift your hands during worship because of just how bad the enemy has beaten you. And God is trying to tell you, you come into a place like that with the right perspective, I'll turn that disaster into an opportunity this morning, amen? Because you're not seeing it the way I want you to see it. Each and every one of us in this building have an opportunity right now to rise up. To rise up. I'm looking to be a moment maker today. I'm looking to be a moment maker today. But the only person that can make that moment is myself.
The only person that can make that moment for you today is yourself. If that is you this morning, I want you to come forward. I don't want you to line up because I want you to make the moment for yourself. I want you to stretch across this altar this morning. And I want you to declare the moment that you want in your life right now. And some of the ministers, all we can do is agree with you this morning. All we can do is agree with you. We can't pick you up and put you into that water. you got to rise up. you got to claim it for yourself this morning. So you have two options. You can leave this place waiting for a moment. Or you can leave this place making a moment. That is up to you this morning. These altars are open. If this word has touched you, don't hesitate. Don't let the enemy start to move in you. Don't let the enemy start to lie in your minds right now. Rise up. Rise up this morning. Rise up this morning. Amen.